Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Let me point out that this is a uh, post-fight video uh, concerning the mcmudoff Kabayal fight. I believe it's very important for people handicapping the heavyweight division. Now, I made a uh, pre-fight members-only video and got undeservedly lucky. Look, I'm not ashamed to say when I won when I shouldn't win. And now we're in the penthouse. The recommended bet in that members-only video was Kabayel simply to win at, I got a 560 to one, right? By the time the fight started, it was six to one. Not the bet I got. Understand the market actually flooded in for the favorite against Kabayel with the under five and a half rounds. Now, while I expected McMudoff to win the fight, as I said in the pre-fight video, and while I was hoping to get a prop that I was unable to get, that the fight didn't go the distance, believe it or not, in a fight where I picked the wrong guy and didn't get the prop I wanted, and I mentioned this in the pre-fight video, believe it or not, both halves of the bet hit. Right? This confirms what I believe to be true. How you structure a bet is crucial. The structure gave us both fighters by stoppage before the midway point of the sixth round, as well as the more skilled, but I thought lighter hitting fighter, simply to win at huge odds, better than a five and a half to one. So, bang, bang, you won on both. That's a lot more beer for us during this holiday season. Now, if you get one takeaway from this video, it should be that Caballel is a major heavyweight. He belongs in the conversation when you come up with your short list of heavyweights who have a viable chance at winning the title. Now, I believe McMudoff has an A-level right hand in the pocket, right? Just like the right hand that Anthony Joshua showed in the Volin fight, which surprised me, right? McMudoff, for all the awkwardness, for all the leaning on you and you're leaning on him and the fight seems to have gone off the rails, his bread and butter is in the pocket at short range, not a lot of ring coverage, at short range, he's an A-level puncher. So Kabayel, the more skilled boxer, incredibly, the first two rounds of the fight, is able to stay outside of the pocket when he needs to. Now, this is a unique skill, folks, because a lot of people don't have the foot speed. More importantly, a lot of people don't have the coordination to get in and out of the pocket. A lot of people don't have the knowledge base, quite frankly, to figure out, hey, 
McMudoff is in a position where he can't throw his A-level right hand in the pocket. So this gives me the opportunity to jump in the pocket, do what I need to do, and then to get out of the pocket. So when he throws that punch, I'm outside. He's looking for me. He can't find me where he wants me to be. Now understand, Caballel is so skilled that he's not running. He's circling McMudoff, right? This is a movement fight. If you are fortunate enough to look at a film of the fight, and I used to have it posted in my favorites folder, I believe YouTube took that down. But if you're fortunate enough to look at a film of the fight, what I want you to do for at least the first two rounds is to ignore the punches. Just look at the movement you're going to notice that Caballel, in addition to being two-handed with a multiplicity of punches in both hands, right, you're going to notice that Caballel has the timing down. He can get in and out. He can move around. Understand, I don't believe Gili Zhang has this level of movement, right? You have a lot of fighters, Deontay Wilder. Um, who surprised me with his level of movement against Joseph Parker. But I don't believe Deontay Wilder can move as adeptly as this guy can, right? This guy's fighting the bigger hitter. He's engaging with the bigger hitter. In other words, this isn't a fight where he's just running and hiding. No, no, he's engaging with McMudoff. But he's doing it in a way where he never has to linger in the pocket. Right? His footwork, his coordination is that level. Right? Another guy like this, by the way, is Usyk. Well, let me just say that what I believe Caballel is doing the first two rounds is to actually figure out the angles that a more limited McMudoff can operate from. Right, He's figuring out if there's a safe harbor where he can set up shop away from McMudoff's A-level right hand, again, which lacks ring coverage, which lacks the ability to hit you from long distance. Now, let me point out, Caballel has a great defensive move. Right, This is a variation on Tyson Fury sticking his hand out and using it as a range finder against Deontay Wilder in their second fight. Caballel starts to put his left hand on McMudoff's shoulder to get his arm in the way of the punch that McMudoff is throwing with his right hand. Right? It's really a defensive move. This is, this is different than a rangefinder where you're sticking your hand out and you just want to make sure you're too far away from Deontay Wilder without throwing a jab. Right? You should throw a lazy jab. You should hide it so that it looks like you're throwing a punch. Now, that's Tyson, movie, uh, that's Tyson Fury's move. This move, to me, is more advanced. This is where I'm fighting a guy who has a big right hand. 
And what I do is every time I see him shifting his body weight to throw that right hand, I get my hand in the way. I understand the right hand, and McMudov can throw an uppercut. Here, Caballel is gambling. He sees McMudov loading up to throw a right hand. He just sticks his hand out. So McMudov's right has to collide with Caballel's left hand. Right, folks? He takes the sting out of McMudov's punches. More importantly, even as McMudov is throwing the punch, Caballel is able to move. Right? The movement is exemplary. Eventually, Caballel figures out the lay of the land, and he decides to stay on McMudoff's left side. If you're thinking of a clock where McMudoff is 12 o'clock, just think of Caballel at being at 5 p.m., right? At 5 o'clock. That's where he sets up shop. Right now, let me just say, Caballel then finds the punch that changes the fight. Believe it or not, from 5 o'clock on McMudoff's left side, it is McMudoff's, excuse me, it is Caballel's left hook to the body. Right, folks? It's actually beautiful to watch. This is a guy moving. He's on McMudoff's left side. He has the sequencing down. In other words, he knows when McMudoff is going to do certain things. For a fighter who has the sequencing down, and I keep saying here to a lot of resistance that he's one of the more complicated fighters in boxing, I want people to look at the UK's Chris Eubank, the sub. Right here, Caballel understands He's over on the left side. He knows when McMudoff is turning to try to find him, and he knows how to step across McMudoff's body and to throw left hooks to the body, right? It's actually great stuff, understanding that McMudoff has a great right hand. He's crossing across the right hand to throw left hooks, to McMudoff's body, right? The body attack changes the match. Let me also point out, too, that Caballel throws a variety of punches with both hands. So Caballel, from the left side of McMudoff, also is able to throw right hands up top. So he has a multi-angle approach. Right? With his left hand, he's going to McMudoff's body. He's throwing it under McMudoff's elbow. He's accurate with it. With his right hand, he's going up top on McMudoff. He's doing it in such a way that McMudoff can't find him. McMudoff also can't handle the body shots. So let me just say this. After getting dropped the first time, McMudoff is so desperate to stop the body attacks that he starts bending at the waist, right? He's, this is the big bad wolf. This is the guy who's supposed to win this fight by KO. This is the guy who's going off at better than a nine to one 
as a favorite, right? His body starts getting riddled and he can't handle it. He doesn't move as well as Caballero. He's not going to learn during the fight how to do so. So he starts bending at the waist to hide his body. But understand, once you have a guy with an A-level short right hand bending at the waist, he's out of his comfort zone. How's he going to throw that straight right hand with leverage when he's bending at the waist? This would be like taking away Deontay Wilder's body. And then Wilder decides he's going to bend over to prevent you from hitting the body. How's Wilder then going to get any gas on that straight right hand? Folks, you actually have that situation in this fight. So understand, as Mahmoudov starts bending to hide his body, and as he changes his strategy to try to catch Caballel, with uppercuts, here's where you really see Caballel's mastery. Caballel is great at reading him. He's able to jump back out of the pocket, has excellent legs. Don't underestimate his legs. He jumps out of the pocket when needed. Mahmoudov isn't close enough to land his uppercut. Understand, Caballel again jumps out of the pocket. Mahmoudov throws the uppercut, misses. Caballel then jumps back in the pocket and is able to land more body shots. In other words, as Mahmoudov is trying to hide his body, Caballel is still hunting him to the body. Right? Mahmoudov goes down a second time. He gets up, but at this point, he's too diminished and he's finished, right? He gets finished off by a further body attack. So what does this mean? This means that the bet structure carried us through and netted us undeservedly wins on both halves of the play. In the pre-fight video, when I was bemoaning the fact that I had hoped to get more rounds on the uh, under than five and a half, Right? I was of the mindset that the only guy who would have a shot early in the fight to get a stoppage was Mahmoudov. Understand, Caballel here is so dominant. He not only lands the more meaningful shots in the fight, he not only wins the rounds, he not only gets the multiple knockdowns. Folks, he ends the fight before the midway point of the sixth round. So you hit on a plus 560. Those are the odds I got. Other gamblers got better odds. They got 6-1. to one. You hit on the 6-1 to one with Caballel simply to win, plus 550 in my case. And you hit on the minus 130 that the fight would not make it to the midway point of the sixth round. So tell us the odds you got and how you played the match in the comment section of this YouTube video. Let me just say this about Caballel, right? And he's um, the European champion. When you stumble into a fighter like this, who was this much of an underdog against 
a guy who was not champion. Granted, McMudoff was unbeaten going into the fight. But when you stumble into a guy, uh, a guy like this, I'm just telling you, it takes the world a few fights to catch up. Right now, I don't believe, based on my review of some earlier Caballel uh, fights, that Caballel knows how to keep a fight slow-paced. Caballel fights tend to escalate into shootouts. In an earlier recent fight, Caballel actually gets dropped and has to get off the canvas to win the fight. Now, that's crucial because in Caballel fights, while the highlights may show a smooth boxer, you need to always have in your head, particularly if he's facing a puncher, that the fight's not going to go the distance. Let me also say, too, that because of the footwork, understand this is going to allow him to do things other guys can't do. There is a moment in this fight where he starts throwing right hooks to the body. In other words, when we say two-handed, this guy has an assortment of shots with both hands. So if you're looking at a guy, Joe Joyce, for example, let's say I'm looking at Joe Joyce and I'm looking at that Joe Joyce, Zhili Zhang fight, where Zhili Zhang, the first one, Zhili Zhang is landing at will, straight lefts, Right? Understand, Caballel has a very good jab. You understand that Caballel can throw a straight left. Right? Because of the foot movement, Caballel is unlikely to be unable to avoid Joe Joyce's jab like Daniel Dubois was. Right? So Joe Joyce would be at risk against this opponent. Right? You would expect the two guys to come to the middle of the ring and you would expect Joe Joyce to have a problem finding Caballel. But you would expect Caballel to not be able to slow down an aggressive Joe Joyce. Right? So in a fight like that, my primary bet would be that the fight doesn't go the distance. Then I would read the odds. I would know something the casino might not know, right? The casino knows a lot. I'm talking about the public, right? The casino sets odds based on what the public thinks, right? I, I would understand that while there is a Joe Joyce bandwagon, right? After all, he was the mandatory challenger before he loses to Zhili Zhang. Um, I would understand that he's fighting a guy who is far better than advertised. Right? Look into Caballel's past. You're going to find out he beat Derek Chisora already. Now he has stopped McMudoff. Right? This is a guy who moves extremely well. This is a guy who can handle an opponent who's two front foot heavy. Right? There's an optical illusion going on here where because Caballel is smooth, you actually have to look at his feet to realize how much ground he's moving. Right, This isn't Ali where the guy comes in and the way he moves, you know he's an athlete. 
right? He draws you into his movement. This isn't the Ali who faces Liston. Now, this is different. This is the smooth operator who you suddenly notice he's figured out the timing on McMudoff's right hand, and it's a lethal right hand, to the point where he can slide across the front of McMudoff and land wicked left shot of left hooks to the body. And the left hooks don't look that wicked. You only know they're wicked by McMudoff's reaction to them. They literally take the wind out of him. Right? You wouldn't even consider Kabayel to be a body hunter. But then you start to realize that in a fight where an opponent's body is open, he can be. Dangerous fighter, uh, I didn't realize he was this good. Right? He's caused me to rethink a lot. You're likely to get great odds on Kabayel. Ajit Kabayel, remember the name, for at least the next two fights, simply because the public doesn't know him that well. Right? Andy Ruiz has faster hands. Andy Ruiz is a combination puncher. The open question here is whether Andy would be able to keep up with Kabayel's foot speed, with Kabayel's versatility. Right? Kabayel would not have to run as much as Anthony Joshua did in the rematch against Ruiz. This is a guy who can hover. Right? Keep an eye on him. My prediction is he's going to pull a few upsets. This is a guy, quite frankly, and granted, he's a righty, Usyk's a lefty. Let's be clear on that. But this is a guy who would give Usyk problems because this is a guy who'd be able to keep up with Usyk as Usyk moves around the ring. And this is a guy who faints. He gets McMudoff completely off his skis, right? This isn't a slugger guy who would find Usyk to be too elusive, right? This is the guy who'd be fainting with Usyk both guys would have a lot to think about. Understand, too, I still believe Usyk went down on a legitimate body shot against Daniel Dubois. If you go back in the amateurs, you'll notice that Arthur Perturbiev, the unbeaten champ at 175 pounds, beats Usyk off body shots. Right, folks, Ajit Kabayal just beat McMudoff off body shots. Right, this is a guy who would test Usyk's body while not being there for Usyk to hit. Assuming, of course, and it's a big assumption, that Kabayal can deal with a slick southpaw. That's an open question. Anyway, that's the fight I saw. Let me know how you saw the fight. Right? Understand the way boxing operates. You have guys who are 
you know, holding secondary titles, right? In this case, Caballero has the European title. But you don't know how they're going to do against big sluggers, right? Who have dramatic highlights. Mahmoudov, veteran fighter in his mid-30s, right? If you go through his highlights, big-time highlights, big-time puncher, right? When you're taking the other side of the play, the guy who doesn't have the punch, who's getting by on boxing knowledge, slickness, foot speed, having a variety of punches in both hands, those fighters, as we found out in the recent Wilder fight against Joe Parker, those fighters tend to be undervalued, underappreciated, in the odds, underrated. Keep an eye on Aji Kabayar. He's on my list. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. Give us your comments on the fight. Tell us what you expected. Tell us how you played it in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.